Punching Holes in the Darkness is a podcast by the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. It's an opportunity for pastors and leaders in Michigan churches to have their voices heard and to share how to best reach our mission field from Detroit to the Upper Peninsula. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Tim Patterson. I'm the executive director here at the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. We want to welcome today uh, One Mission TV as our sponsor here at uh, Punching Holes in the Darkness podcast. They have been an invaluable partner with us since I've come here to uh, the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. What they effectively have done is they took all of our media resources and we put them together in this one neat package that One Mission TV takes care of. They're just doing an admirable job for us and have really taken us to a different level in our media work. Here's some things they've done for us. They've done web design, they can do logo design, designs for print materials, and of course, any kind of video presence and, and recording you'd like to do. And uh, they've really helped us enhance our online presence as they can for you. Great guys, great partners. You will be glad you have done this. They're really a one call media company and I think you'll be blessed by using One Mission TV. And friends, if you want to contact One Mission TV, you can do so at info at onemission.tv. That's info at onemission.tv. Now here's guest host, Dr. Tony Lynn, the BSCM State Director of Missions. Hey guys, this is Tony Lin uh, doing another episode of Punching Holes in the Darkness, and I am so happy today to have Ken Neither, a good friend, a good minister, a good model for me in my life in many ways. And one of the subjects I want to talk to him about today and let you hear his explanation is his relationship with his wife and his feeling about being a church planting catalyst, a church planter, and how a wife, how his partner in ministry uh, goes hand in hand with who he is and what he's uh, seeking to achieve. And so, Ken, welcome to Punching Holes in the Darkness, brother. How you doing? I'm doing good. Hey, Tony, thanks for having me, and I look forward to this conversation. Well, good. Well, I appreciate it. Hey, let's kick it off. I, I've known you for a number of years now and and very uh, feel very privileged to have you as a friend uh, and to see what you're doing and the impact you do on the kingdom, but maybe not all the listeners know you as well as I do. So fill us in on your wife's name, your kids, and your family life, because we do want to go down that road exploring mm -hmm. that today. All right. Again, my name is uh, Ken Neither. I am married to the same woman. She is my wife. She's my girlfriend. She's everything. Talise uh, Neither. Uh, we've been married for nine years. Um, I say they're long. She says they're short. So it just depends on who you ask. I have two kids, uh, Kennedy and Lincoln, eight and six years old. And besides church planning, we are now homeschooling as well. So uh, we're enjoying every moment. Wow. Of it. wow, man, that is great. Let me ask you this. Um, you know, uh, as you think about your ministry, I, does your ministry focus where you and Talise, when you plant your church, does it have something to do with the history of your lives and where it all started out? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, so an interesting fun fact to Lisa and I, um, we graduated the year of 2000. We both are products of Southfield Public Schools. 
went to the same high school, um, but we never spoke to one another. Um, the running joke is I was on the basketball court. She was in the library. So therefore we never met. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she's the smart one of the family. And so because of that, we wanted to plant a church in Southfield. And so that's where we're at right now. And uh, typically right now we're, we're reaching um, just a lot of single parents, uh, young families. So I think sometimes in church, there can be a disconnect, right? Between being a teenager, going to college, and then it seems that people for about 10 years are kind of displaced in terms of, are we going to church? Are we not? Because now they're focused on the career. So we wanted to really uh, plan a church that focused on someone graduating from college, uh, just started a family, just like we are. And so we want to reach everybody, but our emphasis is more so family ministry, coming alongside parents, teaching them how to disciple their own children. And so that's what I love to do uh, in our family. I can tell you uh, probably what, what I've done wrong more than what I've done right. But uh, that, that's what we try to cater uh, our church plan towards. I, I love that idea. And I've had the good fortune of being with you on a couple of occasions. And I know that the church plan itself is a family affair is are your parents and Talisa's parents still involved in the work with you guys? Yeah. Yeah. So my parents go to, go to our church. Her uh, mom goes to the church. And so um, they are a great help in the ministry and my biggest critique as well, <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but I enjoy it. Um, so it's just a blessing, right? To have parents who've yeah. prayed for you. Um, just to go to church and now you've planted a church or even a parent who wasn't going to church, but now they're going to our church. So um, I count that as a privilege. And so um, that's been a beautiful journey. So even my older brother goes to our church and, and we've had cousins. And, and now the cool thing doing online ministry is I have family members out in California, Ohio, the DC area who have been tuning in and been connected to our church and they weren't necessarily going to a church. So that's been good to see. Wow. Wow. Okay. Now, and I, and I think it's phenomenal. I think it's a blessing. It tells me something about a man when his family who knows him best from the history of who he was and has become uh, says, Hey, I believe he's authentic. So I want to be in his church. I think that's a good testimony for you mm -hmm. and your wife, but I, I do know a little bit about your history and you weren't always uh, focused on becoming uh, that minister, that church planter or church planting catalyst. Yep. So actually your family could have been watching you do something else in the past. If that would have been your path, you've had a, mm -hmm. a couple of career changes. And uh, so fill us in on the history of where you were before this all started and how God brought you through that into where you are now. Okay. Yeah. To fill in the gaps, we'd probably need a whole season of podcasts, but I, I was, <laughs> yeah, but I was the, the typical teenager grew up in church, but didn't grow up in Christ, uh, played college basketball, had an opportunity to play overseas. And so it, it's kind of where you get to your dream, but then you're unfulfilled, right? Cause that fulfillment yeah. is in Christ. And really in the middle of a basketball game, Tony, just like you're hearing me speak, I heard God's voice and told me to go home. And, uh, the next day I left, and I, I left where I was at, uh, Latvia, Lapaya, Latvia. That's where I was playing at. Went back home to my mother's room, gave my life to Christ right off the plane. And uh, for there, went back to school. I already had my degree, but I went back to school at Saginaw Valley for seven years. 
uh, got my degree in s- secondary education, but for seven years I taught in um, the inner city of Detroit. And and honestly, that's where I cut my teeth in ministry because um, if, if you can minister to teenagers in a school setting, that will prepare you <laughs> for ministry. And so, yeah, so did that for seven years and just felt this call to, to plant a church. So that was never part of the story. Wow. Right. So even when my wife and I got connected and this is actually 10 years later, after we went to the same school, we kind of bumped into one another. We were both going to church, but typically just sitting on the back pew. Right. And then all of a sudden we <laughs> we, we go about halfway down. Now I'm sitting on the front row and it's just when God draws you, he draws you. Right. So yes. he knew the plan uh, that he had for me, how he had for us. So being part of ministry was never part of the plan. When we got together, we were just serving in children's church. My job uh, was to look after the preschool kids and pass out napkins. That's what I thought I was going to do. Um, yeah. but, but the Lord had a call on our lives. So, uh, and now it's nine years later. So this was never part of the plan, which is interesting because, you know, sometimes you might have a couple, they, they meet in seminary or Bible college and they, and they both wanted to do ministry. Yes. And so this is kind of a unique situation where none of us, thought it was in the card. So my wife was a, uh, she is an occupational therapist and I was a teacher and we just thought we would do that for a while, but uh, the Lord had other plans. Wow. Wow. When it comes to your kids, uh, you know, what advantages do you think your kids are experiencing? Because it's not the dad, the basketball players, not dad, the teacher, but it's dad, the church planter, it's dad, the church planting catalyst. Um, what do you think, it, what, are, what are the advantages for your kids and what are the disadvantages for children sometimes when they have that dad who's serving like you are in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Tony, I can say this humbly. My wife and I, I think we're the same people on stage, off stage. That's good. In church, out of church. So there's no distinction. So even in church, they see that's dad, that's mom. I think that's very important because as you know, you can see the disconnect sometimes. I mean, statistics have said two thirds of, uh, you know, kids who grow up in church with the parents being a pastor, leave the faith. And so that's very important for me to be authentic, uh, to be the same person. But I think it's a blessing to include them like they they enjoy going to church. And so they pretty much grew up. This this is all they know. It's normal to them. Right. So it's Sunday morning. We're going to church. It's, it's not really it's never been optional. So that's all they know. And so we've tried to just have that thriving relationship, not just on a Sunday morning, but throughout the week. And so, you know, one of the things is, you know, we do Bible study together a couple of times per week. You know, every night before we go to bed, we're praying with one another. And since they were born, if you if you pull my kids to the side and say, what does your dad say before they go to bed? They will tell you. I said the same thing every day mm. is what's your name? You know, Kennedy Lincoln. Who are you? The righteousness of God oh, man. every day. And oh. so um, that's that's just what they know. Right. And so I don't think it's missing out on anything. Good. They get a chance to be part of what God is doing in our family and, and within the kingdom of God. So yeah. I'm grateful for that. Um, it, it's a good day when you're ready to go to bed and then your daughter says, dad, you didn't pray for me today. And then you get upset because you're tired. Yeah. <laughs> so that just becomes normal. So we don't do everything right. But I do think we have certain rituals or certain things that we've instituted in our family that that our kids hold us accountable. Good. Because these are joyous affairs that we do, right? It's 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 fun. We get them evolved. We do Bible study, and then once a week, 
Gary Chapman has a great book called Conversational Starters for Families, yeah. 101 questions. So we just ask just questions around the dinner table and just to get to pick their brain and, and just do fellowship with one another. So we do that well, but there are times that uh, we need to be distant from one another, but we always yeah. come back. And I think our relationship with God is the, is the centerpiece to us uh, doing family ministry together. Oh man, that's good. Those are helpful things. Those are helpful remarks that all of us can learn from. I like it. Um, a couple of things that I'm capturing is that you and Talise are the same, like you said, in front of people on Sunday as you are in your home or find you on the street. And then I think you're right. Your kids see that. So it's not like it's play acting. And then, like you said, for Lincoln and Kennedy to turn around and remind you of something like a valuable tradition of praying at night for them. And I do love the way that you have this, uh, this practice of helping them recognize the value of who they are. That is, that's beautiful. How would you express that Talise stands out as being a partner with you? And first of all, let's think about it as in the home and let's just talk about that. And then we'll talk about it in the ministry, but how is Talise, how are you and Talise partners in that home life? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's one of those things where we complement one another because we are we are different, right? And and yeah. sometimes if we have the wrong perspective, that can be challenging because we're different. Yeah. But you know, she she helps me when I'm weak, and I, I help her where she's weak at. And so, w- one of the things that's funny, people say I'm very regiment, I'm very disciplined, but I, I get that from her. Wow. Like I had to have my stuff together. Mm-hmm. So when we first met, she said, "I need you to read." Dave Ramsey total money makeover because I don't use credit cards. That was a prerequisite of me dating her. And so, and so now we, we follow that practice in our household. Most people think that comes from me, but that comes from her because I'm, I'm more in the forefront. She likes to be behind the scenes. And so she's very organized. I mean, kudos to her right now. I mean, she's, uh, you know, working full time, she's doing 90% of the homeschooling. And so uh, that's a blessing, but it also comes with challenges. And I've had to learn, um, you know, just to be more graceful. And then the main thing in ministry, I would just tell anyone, you cannot compare your spouse or your ministry to anyone else because our dynamics is going to be completely different. Tony, if I can be honest, when the first couple of years, you know, you see other spouses maybe doing more. And then Talisa had to tell me, well, they don't work a full-time job like me. That's right. <laughs> and so there's some events she's not going to go to because she needs time for herself. And so um, just understanding the pace of your family is probably the most important thing that I could say. How can two walk together if they don't agree? And our first year in ministry, you know, I was moving quickly and I realized, you know what, it's, it's this this picture of me holding my wife's hands and my kids' hands. Yes. Let's run at the pace of our family. And typically that's the pace of your ministry. And wow. so we have had seasons where we slowed down. We've had, had seasons, seasons where we ran a little quicker. So understanding, understanding the pace of our ministry. And then two, um, you know, I, I love athletics. My kids just got done playing soccer. My son just got done playing baseball. So we enjoy doing that. So for us, we want to go to church. But yeah. also we want to in, enjoy life and reach our neighbors. So we're intentional um, about that as well. So I think just understanding the pace, you know, of your family. And I think j- just in the home, I think um, being like minded, how we spend finances, 
You know, we have a vision statement in our house. So when it comes to finances, are we spending our resources according to the vision that we said when we got married? That's number one. So we do a budget, uh, those things. And um, so I, I think it's working for the most part. They say one of the biggest reasons people break up is because of finances. So we're, <laughs> we're, we're on the same page when it comes to that. Um, the biggest thing we had to learn early on is just like we have planning meetings for church, we need to have planning meetings for our families. And so if you go on my refrigerator right next to it, you're going to see a 30 day calendar. Okay. And I tell you what, if I leave out the house and say I got a meeting at seven and it's not on that calendar, she's going to hold me accountable. <laughs> and so I just have to make sure everything I yeah. do yeah. is on that on that calendar. And, and one more thing. I had a friend that challenged me a couple years ago. He said, you go to any church planner, any church and you talk to a pastor, they're going to they're going to know what their discipleship plan is. Yeah. yeah. But if you ask a lot of church planners or pastors what is their discipleship plan for their kids? They'll give you a blank stare. Wow. wow. That impacted me. The way that we go after our community needs to be the same way we go after our own children. And so I just want to circle back on that. So the same way I have all day meetings for church. Yeah. <laughs> the same way I put that in my budget for church, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is the same way I need to do with my family. And so I don't want to have Bible study, do small groups, do all these activities, but yet don't have that plan for my family. So that, again, is on the calendar. And yeah. so if somebody calls me and say, hey, can we do this? I have an appointment just as if I wouldn't cancel Bible study. Man, that is good. That is good. I think I think that's gold to be able to hear something like that. Like you said, it is true that so many of us are aggressive about our community. Um, but don't think about the program or the plan for our children. And that that's beautiful. Friends, I want to introduce to you one of our new partners. It is GuideServe. They are our financial partner who helps us take care of all of our nickels and noses, so to speak. Uh, GuideServe is an outsourced accounting partner for our Baptist State Convention of Michigan. Uh, GuideServe provides professional accounting solutions to churches and ministries all across the country. And they offer, they truly offer some comprehensive accounting and payroll solutions to organizations ranging from just beginning church plant to large churches and expansive ministries. And listen, if you'd like to know more about them, you can visit their website at guideserve.com or send them an email at info at guideserve.com. And by the way, if you mention BSCM, uh, when you do, it'll be a benefit to us as well. So welcome our new partner, Guideserve. It, it sounds to me then, and, and you know, I, I, you've, you've testified to this before, but I mean, Talise is a strong woman. She is a strong woman. She's got character. She's got spiritual convictions. Um, and you don't find that the least bit threatening. And you give her that liberty to be that in the life of the church and among the people. For those that are listening, maybe some guy and his wife are thinking, man, I, we're being called to ministry but we're afraid that my wife can't be that certain stereotype, you know, or that they grew up in a certain type of tradition and they only see that that minister's wife has behaved in a certain manner for 30, 40 years. 
how, what would you say to help them be released to say, hey, you can find the compliment in your lives to be who you are? What kind of ways or what kind of things would you say that would help them push away those fears of entering and following God in ministry? Yeah, one of the things uh, I would say I would have done different that yeah. we're doing better now is planning the church. We never had a conversation about what our roles were going to be. We just assumed and when you assume roles and expectations, then you then it's unfair to the other person. A lot of times we have unspoken expectations. So quickly we had to have those conversations because I just assumed she was going to behave one way. She assumed I was going to behave one way. And then it's seasonal, too. Yeah. Um, now it's it's changed because, you know, our kids are at home doing virtual schooling. Right. So if she's working full time and doing virtual schooling. So right now she's not doing as much in the ministry. So I can't have that same expectation. Yeah. Okay. And then understanding her gift and her role. She's not an upfront person, doesn't want to be upfront at all. Right. But she in the background, she does a lot of preparation, a lot of times making me look good and and those things um so her heart is outreach right now um yeah. november 21st we're doing a, a turkey giveaway good and uh, so i was just we're giving away turkeys in the community i was just telling talise i want you to do this right and i'm talking about typically it takes about two to three weeks for somebody to turn around a proposal to me uh, she had a flyer in my inbox she had a proposal it was already done and i was telling her okay you're moving too fast but she <laughs> She's one. If you tell her to do something, she's going to get it done. However, she doesn't want to be, you know, on social media. She doesn't want to be in the forefront. So I've had to learn, um, you know, this is her gift. This is her grace. This is her pace to allow her to do that. And it just has to be continual conversations of, of what that looks like in our family. So uh, we haven't always done it well. And um, but I think when we're both doing what God has called us to do, we complement one another and, and we just go further along in, in ministry. And then to, uh, you know, understanding, I, I would say this, when conversations in ministry bleed over to your house and start arguments, that's when you need to have a conversation. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> we have a sanctuary on Sunday, but this is my sanctuary. And if it affects that, then, then we're going to talk about, okay, maybe we need to recalibrate. Maybe the role we did last year need to change. How are you feeling? So having constant dialogue, checking up on one another, because yeah. there's, there's moments where, you know, I'm going fast in ministry and she may say, I need a little bit more help on home at home. So, yeah. you know what, that's an opportunity for me to raise up somebody else to do the small group and I don't have to do it. Good. So I'm learning that right now. Man, that's good. I like the fact that you've talked about the rhythms of life can change things where you need to have conversations. Also, there's these long seasons. Like you said, who would have known that in 2020, we'd all be dealing with, you know, homeschooling our children at different levels and grades. And uh, some days it's all online and some days it's in person or whatever everybody has to cope with. So I'm glad that you, you're, you're, you're aware of the fact that it has to be an ongoing conversation. It, if you were to say to anybody, hey, whether they're going into ministry or not, uh, a young couple getting ready for marriage, but they want to be God followers, they want to be Christ followers. Um, what are a couple of things that you would say between husband and wife um, that you've owned as your primary responsibility, uh, you, uh, for your wife to make sure that your relationship is good and strong, um, that you're going to make sure that, you know, as long as I'm doing this, I know that we can overcome and 
and achieve things that God lays before us. So as a husband, as a man of God, what are a couple of things that you kind of hold to? You say, man, this is my responsibility to look for the health of my family. Yeah. So when we have a conversation about being a church planner, being a pastor, you know, someone listening and saying, well, I don't want to plan a church. I don't want to be a pastor. I think all men are called to pastor their homes. We're called to be the pastor to care for everyone in our home. We're called to be the the priest, to talk to God, the the, the prophet, uh, to be able to hear from God. So it's no greater joy than in the morning, just me before the kids get up, my wife gets up, just praying for my family. And they know that. And so it, it doesn't need to be something where, you know, I'm waking them up. Hey, I prayed for you. They just know daddy. And, you know, and yeah. my wife knows that I've prayed for them. And, uh, and then, you know, at night, just being able to do it together. So I enjoy that. I, I think it goes back to having those honest conversations and, uh, you know, and then sometimes, you know, a, a lot of times we can get into, let's say heated fellowship and, and, and you can walk out and say you won. If one person wins, you both lost. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so important. So I'll go back to what I said, understanding the pace of your family. That's the best thing I can say. That's what I'm, I didn't learn. I'm learning that right now as, you know, 2020, as it's coming to an end, it's, it's a different pace and it changes every day. Right. And so having those conversations, it used to be, okay, you can have a vision meeting once a year but mm-hmm. now we need to talk every day <laughs> about it's what's true. going on. Right. It's true. And so I would say that. And then, um, you know, I would say just being a blessing to one another whenever you can. Sure. Um, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, having kids makes me realize how selfish I am. Wow. Um, you know, my kids are yeah. watching TV, you know, watching cartoons and I'm literally like, I want to watch TV. You know, and so just understanding just to be a blessing to my family. So one of the things actually, to be honest with you, Matt Mars, I got this from him. Right. I I was encouraged just watching him on Facebook just with his daughter says he's dating him every month. Yeah. And put a picture. And I said, I'm I don't even think I told him I'm taking that. So what I do once a month is with my daughter, with my son. Hey, on Friday, whatever you want to do. I can't say no. I'll get you whatever you want. It's just me and you and taking a picture of it. And so, Tony, I take that picture. I put it in Dropbox. And when they're 18 years old, I'm going to have a picture of every month that we went out and hung out. Right. And so because I think, too, we do a lot of things as a family. Yeah. But I think each child needs that one on one time. I agree. I can pour into my son at six years old. He doesn't know what I'm talking about, but one day he will. And just to love on my daughter. And uh, those are some of the greatest moments. And and Paul Tripp puts it this way. He says, when you're parenting your children, God is parenting you. Wow. Wow. In other words, it's like when I'm impatient with my children, Mm -hmm. God is looking at me, but he's a patient father. Yeah. And they're getting the characteristics of who God the father is from their natural father. So I'm always convicted by that. Right. You know, so do I have to bless them or do good to them when they're always doing something right? Yeah. Or are there moments that just being a father that I just bless them because I'm a good father? So I'm trying to understand. I don't get it right all the time, but there are there have been times where my kids, they were disobedient, didn't do what they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I'll take them out and get ice cream. 
And then I have an opportunity to just share the gospel with them. Like, hey, you might not understand this right now, but God doesn't bless us because we do everything right. That's he true. blesses us because he's a good father. So, so Kennedy and Lincoln, do you deserve this ice cream right now? <laughs> you didn't do your homework? No, dad, but I'm giving it to you because I want you to know I'm a good father. So I think using natural opportunities to share the gospel <laughs> with our kids, right? And, yeah. I, and I'll, give, I'll give a quick story. This happened um, yesterday. My wife told me about this, that Kennedy, you know, my daughter's eight years old. She couldn't go to sleep. And so I was already asleep. I'm, you know, I'm the early bird, but I go to bed early. Uh, my wife and the kids, they'll figure it out. Right. Right. <laughs> so uh, my daughter couldn't go to sleep. So Talise, my wife goes in the room and said, what's going on? And Kennedy shares um, a few months ago that she created an email account. OK. And she didn't send the email. She didn't do anything. But for me, I was happy that she just said she didn't feel right about it. And I, I'm just I think that's just conviction. So I'm starting to see that, right? She didn't do anything. She didn't send the email. We talked about the danger of that, of having an account. We don't know about it. Right. But it's those moments when we can share the gospel to them. It's those moments where we say that conviction, we believe that comes through the Holy Spirit. And just, you know, so just embedding those nuggets into my kids. And then, um, so it's not, as you said from your original question, so it's not, when we talk about the gospel, we talk about Jesus, it's not foreign to them. Right, right. It's, right. it's, it's just part of our life. Man. And so um, we, don't, we don't bang them over the head every day with the Bible, but we use moments. And I believe God gives glimpses as parents, as an opportunity. You know, as an eight-year-old, six-year-old, they're not going to listen to a 30-minute sermon, but can I use this moment of two minutes? That's right to just share something. Yeah. And, and I'm a living witness that, you know, I was a kid who went to church. <laughs> my mom was, I wasn't paying attention. My mom would literally take me to church. True story. You can ask her in my pajamas. Cause I was so rebellious. Wouldn't go. Wow. wow. But just sitting there, the seed was planted. Yeah. Yeah. And in due season, it reaped a harvest. Man. So, um, you know, I believe that about kids. They're impressionable. And I want to be able to shape and mold them or have God shaped and mold them before their heart gets callous. Because once you get to about middle school, yeah, that heart starts to get hard. So yeah. I want to soften it as much as possible right now. That's beautiful, man. I tell you, I, your, your explanation about uh, pastoring your family has far suppressed my expectations. So I know on behalf of the listeners, I'm going to thank you for taking the time that you did today to share about this. I have no doubt that this will be one of those podcasts that will probably get passed on quite frequently because who doesn't need to talk more about how to pastor one's family? And then in, in pastoring your family, look what's happened in your life. Here you are leading a region of people to plant new churches, working among established pastors uh, for the kingdom of God. And you're planting that heart and passion in Kennedy and in Lincoln. And, uh, you know, regardless of what God calls them to do in the future, they're going to always have a heart towards towards seeing this happen, you know, churches and how important they are. So, and uh, you and Talise, man, you make a great partnership. So, Ken, thank you so much for the conversation today. And uh, thank you. And I look forward to maybe some other things that we can unlock in the future. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks. All right. God bless you, brother. Thanks. This has been Punching Holes in the Darkness, a podcast from the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. If you have liked this episode, please rate us and leave a review. That will help others to find us and enjoy these conversations too. And 
If you subscribe, you will be notified when new episodes are available. Join us next time as we help Michigan churches punch holes in the darkness.